0: Hello, Luke. How's it, going? So we are back now for episode three of 2022. Indeed. Episode two was COVID as an adverse childhood experience. And I think that in as much as that was 22 minutes of a lot of information, there is a common thread that is going to run through all of our podcasts this year. So for episode three of 2022, it's accelerated exposure. And when we speak accelerated exposure, this episode is really on the brain not being as fast as the development of the phone. Our children weren't locked up they were locked down they were locked up I beg your pardon I got that wrong so we were in lock up and our children were in lockdown and I think what we'd always done as parents is we'd limited screen time so we'd said to our children as almost a reward when you finished your homework you may have x amount of time on your screens and um that was very controlled then we went into lockdown and children had to be on their screens all the time in order to carry on with the education and then we came out of lockdown and then the children went back to school and then it was like no 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 now you can't be on your phones and then it was back into lockdown it was okay, 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 back on your cell phones, which is is so confusing. Confusing for parents, confusing for the teachers, but cannot begin to imagine how confusing for the children.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, to start the talk with parents, um, I I use a a concept I call the prophetic alien. So if... um, parents out there sort of remember the picture of like uh, the stereotypical alien or et or whatever and you think about if children don't get a balanced life in other words if they aren't in the world and they aren't doing something for fitness they aren't eating properly they aren't sleeping properly they aren't having fun you know just playing um, and they're not they don't have a, a sense of friends and family and they spend too much time on their device and they withdraw In a couple of generations, based on basic evolution, our children will look very much like the prophetic alien because they will be these thin little creatures with stick arms and stick legs because they do no exercise. They'll have these kind of grey bodies because they never see the sun. They will have these big dark eyes because they have to see these tiny screens with all the very, very big blue light in it. They'll have these very big heads because there's way too much information to process in our current brains. They'll have these tiny little mouths because they don't talk. They just have to suck their food in. They won't have ears because they only need a place to put their, their earpods into. And they'll have these long ET-like fingers with that bulb at the end because they need to touch these tiny little keypads to type. Now, I say that facetiously, but we do need to recognize that cell phones are an extension of children into the world. And it's an extension of the world into your child. And if you think about yourself as a parent, uh, and the amount of anxiety you have when you can't get uh, you, you can't get access to your phone, or you are working very hard and you're constantly checking your phone, or. I mean, the, the thing, I mean, I even get it sometimes, is you have phantom notification syndrome. You are sure your phone is sending you some notification or buzzing, but in fact, it's not. You struggle to do without the phone. You um, struggle to do your job, find your way um, in the city via GPS. You struggle to make plans, etc., etc. You You cannot underestimate the fact that, like the matrix, that machine is getting wired into your child's brain. And it's doing two things that you need to understand. Number one, it is turning your child into a product because what the internet wants is you to be on it because it sells you stuff. I mean, that's its job. And then the second is it is entirely reliant on your child's production. In other words, your child's highlight reel of their life in order to make them a product. So there's a constant interaction between the two. And then your child feeds himself into the machine. The machine feeds them back more of themselves as an echo chamber. The child feeds more of themselves into the machine. And then the machine feeds them back to themselves. And all of that feedback is how we develop identity and belonging and self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves. And uh, I mean, people talk about cyberbullying, the whole internet is potentially a bully to your child Mm -hmm. because the whole internet is an unkind place based on production, primarily about what you have, primarily about where you are and what you do rather than who you are. So there's a very superficial level at which identity is being developed and the connection to other people is based on whether they like your production and then the internet, whatever it is like, they will feed more of that production back to you. So it's a very scary loop, mm. and that's what's called the black mirror.
0: The black mirror. I think the other thing that is most concerning is normalized unkindness and bullying. So I heard a, 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 an interview on the radio the other day, and it was really in terms of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, Um I don't really like to follow the Kardashians. I've got to be honest with you. But the, the interview was very interesting in terms of Kanye West bullying Kim Kardashian as his ex-wife and her new beau. And the fact that he's doing it so openly and he's done it in, in song lyrics. I, I, I don't even know what the boyfriend's name is. Like I said, I, I do apologize, but I really don't. Um, he is doing it so openly openly. Why does no one take him to task? Because maybe if he was taken to task and told you actually can't behave this way, it would impact our children's behavior because that, that's the messaging that they're getting.
1: The only way you can tell him how not uh, to not behave that way is to not follow him anymore. Mm. So, And then you run the danger of the other side of the coin, which is cancel culture. Mm. So you've got, you've got two things to, to consider sort of in the in the way our children are online and the likes of the influences like the Kardashians in the West and the Hiltons you know the original influences mm. online is that the influence was about creating yourself as literally it was your, it, it was your own marketing strategy i mean it was you you basically marketed yourself as a particular product that came with some very dubious things like sex tapes etc and what happens is that the world then feeds back to you now if you look at prior to the um, the internet you look at things like the Jerry Springer show you look at um, uh, during internet times you look at the roasting of Mm -hmm. x and x there's a level at which People think it's funny, and when our children do and say unkind things, they will tell you two things. I didn't mean it, and I was only joking. So there's a level of minimization of it where there there's this idea, I mean, even in the wording people use, for example, in rapping like you know, the H word for woman and the N word for black males, etc. There's, there's a level at which there is no... Th- thought around it because it's part of something that streaks or trends whichever profile you find yourself on. So the the thing to the thing to think through with young people is that it's not about not being online. It's about being intentional online. Mm. Now, why is that so important in terms of children's development? Well, because if you take a combination of the neuroscience of the teenage brain, which is the equivalent of giving an unlicensed driver a Ferrari with no brakes, You add to that the machine that wants to grab and hold them like a casino would, like Mm -hmm. gambling would. That is adding nitrous to that Ferrari. And then you add to that a little bit of vaping with high levels of nicotine and some duchies. Now you've added turbo to the Mm -hmm. nitrous with the Ferrari, with the unlicensed driver. They are prone to doing stupid things. They are prone to to risk taking and doing stupid things so what we have to recognize is that what the internet has done with the the Kanye West's and the Kardashians and the influencers is the first thing it does is it it stops you being present because it is a distraction now for for children they will always tell you but I'm bored and when children tell me Jim the cell phones are banned in my gym and when children tell me I'm bored I say I'm very pleased you're bored Because number one, it's the seat of creativity, which is important. But secondly, and more importantly, it's the seat of self-regulation. Because if you think about yourself as a parent, your ability to just sit and be alone with those big feelings in your body and the stress and those ruminating thoughts and the madness. Most of the time when we're in bed at two o'clock in the morning and we can't sleep, our brain's not going to our wonderful island holiday where everything was peaceful. We have a negativity bias in our brain to go to darkness. And if you don't sit alone with yourself and you constantly distract yourself and get this feedback, that's what develops your identity. When you take it away, they can't regulate themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm seeing, Mm -hmm. is their complete inability to regulate. And parents then become dysregulated. And if you don't have co-regulation, it's mad. So that's why, as I said in the previous podcast, the dynamic often only happens at home. So that's the first part. So they can't be present. Secondly, they cannot mentalize because... Your ability to, to see the it's a theory of mind, your ability to see the mind of another, is the essence of what it is to be human. We didn't progress as humans because of some kind of Machiavellian might is right. We progressed as humans because we could cooperate. And the reason we could cooperate is we understood body language before there was language, and then we understood limited language. And they can't do that because the screen doesn't teach them to read body language, tone of voice, tone of face, tone of body, etc. And as a result, then you can't empathize because if you can't see the mind of another, you can't care about your relationship with the mind of another. And as a result, you can't behave kindly. Mm-hmm. So the whole system is set up as a narcissistic interaction where you want to get feedback to yourself in the way you want to see, out of the machine, and then when that doesn't happen in the real world, you just can't cope.
0: Mm-hmm. The other very big thing is being always available. And if you look at Luke, when you and I grew up, We had that phone that would plug into the wall and had a cable. So the first thing was that your entire family were in earshot of what you were saying. So I suppose in that regard, your conversation was very much regulated. Um, And there were also very strict rules about when you were allowed to phone. So if the the phone rang after eight o'clock at night, it meant that there was a disaster or a drama or somebody had no, died. Somebody be dead. yes to to phone after eight it was very rude to phone somebody after eight o 'clock at night. similarly, it was very rude to phone somebody before seven o 'clock in the morning. People have got absolutely no cell phone or WhatsApp etiquette because we 've got to be all, always available because our phone is there. What drives me mad is on all these groups, and 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 I am on a lot of groups, and it's because I have FOMO, so I have to, you know, admit to that. But that people start WhatsApping before seven o'clock in the morning, things that really should be WhatsApped after eight, and especially not on a Sunday. I wish that WhatsApp would have a scheduling um, feature, much like Facebook does, so you can schedule posts on Facebook. I wish because very often you do, you do have thoughts at ten o'clock at night, and I don't. WhatsApp, because I think it's rude to WhatsApp someone at 10 at night. Um, But if you could write the or craft the WhatsApp and and schedule it to send the next morning at eight o'clock, it would be far better. So it's a case of always being available and instant gratification. You expect that when you phone someone, they will answer. You don't think that they might be in a meeting. They might be with their family. We never put our phones off. How can we be more mindful around cell phone use?
1: Well, just to say, I'm not the same at all. I don't keep my phone on all the time. Yes, I know, (laughs) Luke. I do
0: battle to get hold of you a
1: lot. People say, but you're not answering your phone. I said, (laughs) I (laughs) know. You haven't answered my message. When did you send it? it, No, this morning. I said, maybe in 10 days I will get to it. Because there's a level at which we, we look at it from almost the wrong angle. Because what we what we say is we always need to be available. You know, people keep sending us messages in the middle of the night or in the day, and I mean, I get a lot of those. And the thing is, is I have a, I have another question. It's why are you not with your family? Why are you sending messages in the middle of the night? Why are, are you not sleeping? Why are you waking up in the morning and you are sending a million messages because uh, you should be loving your children? You know, why have you become a person that it's more important for you to send and most of it, to be very frank, even on my phone, and I do some quite hectic things, most of what I get can wait Mm. and a lot of it's rubbish, Mm. okay? Because what has happened is people don't have to choose their words anymore. They can just have a brain fart and send it out mm-hmm. and that's fine, mm-hmm. okay? So I, I think what, and it's interesting, I was asked by a, a group of parents I spoke to this week to actually look at, we, we, so, so let's look at a few basic things. We talk about sleep hygiene. Cell phones destroy sleep hygiene, yes. but I mean absolutely murder it, okay? And if you don't sleep, you can't solidify what you learned in the day, plus you can't cre- clean out what your brain does not need, so your brain doesn't clean itself. Secondly, we see people eating very unmindfully. Mm. So they will be sitting at supper and on their phone. Mm. So they're, they're eating. With, with
0: their family. You, you see that in
1: restaurants. But that's even worse than yeah. sitting on your phone mm. while eating. So you, you're working at a restaurant. Then you see people sitting, not interacting with their families while eating. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they have no regard for this. So the message you send your children is whatever's on my phone is more important mm. than you. Okay. Or
0: with anyone that you might be at dinner exactly. with, be that your partner or that, whatever. You're Wh- saying whoever that. Whoever you're with. Mm. So that's why
1: when people say to me, you know, you don't answer your phone. I said, oh, no, mm. because I was I was with people who booked my time and had the decency to come on time and sit with me and I dedicate 100% of my attention to the person who's with me because they had the decency to do that. So I'm not doing it. Mm. I'm not doing it. The other thing we, we need to look at in terms of um, sort of cell phone health is is hygiene. So we we look at these things in the world. You must sleep properly. You must eat properly. Our parents are very hectic about what their children eat. You know, bedtime must be bedtime. They're very hectic about, especially with teenage boys who haven't learned to smell their own body odor yet. They're very hectic around boys' hygiene, etc., But on the phone, none of that seems to be taken into consideration. You don't take into consideration hygiene, because there's rubbish on the phone. You don't take into consideration what has been put into your child's brain, like you take into consideration what's been put into their body through their food. And most of what comes on the internet is junk food. You know, so you're feeding your child's brain rubbish while you're sending them to a school that costs you four billion rand a year to send them to. So there's just no thought in it, okay? And the, the connection is what concerns me most. So I always ask children two things. One, do you spend too much time online by your own estimation? And 90% will say yes. Because, I mean, I, I have a young, a, a young girl I work with. She's 13. She says, I can't get off. You know, I'm an addict. I can't get off my phone. Because, you know, I, I, I think my heart's going to explode with anxiety. Then I ask them. Do your parents spend too much time on their phone? And 100% of the children put their hands up, more than the ones who say their own. And then I'll ask them a final question. I'll say, one day when you have a child, would you be happy with your child spending the same amount of time online as you do? And almost without fail, they say no.
0: So surely then children are actually giving us a very important message. Indeed. So how do we listen to that message?
1: So I think the first thing is put your phone down. No, seriously. No, no. I mean,
0: D- phone should not be allowed at the di- at the dinner table. Put your
1: phone down. No, I agree but with you. If, if you are expecting your children to maintain a routine, okay, and you're expecting to set boundaries for people to not send you messages at, in the middle of the don't answer them.
0: No, I never do. Because I'd like to think in some small way, I am setting boundaries by not responding um, at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it might be.
1: And and I think we have to we, we have to make our children aware of that because the thing the thing about the, the the machine being wired into our children is a very important thing. It was not wired into us. Mm-mm. It came later and we we have worse phone and technology hygiene because we always say, Yeah, but I'm working. Now if you are, but I'm working, is your reason to be on the, the or on your phone? All on? I don't use my phone at home. I don't open my computer at home. I just don't do it mm-hmm. unless it's during the day when it's work time. But when I go home, I cook, I watch a bit of TV, spend time with my family, or whatever. But I don't sit on my phone because why should I? Because whatever's happening in my house, even just my presence, nothing fancy like I'm entertaining people or whatever. Just my presence is what is important. But I have to be there, Mm. not drifting off somewhere else because the machine. Because what am I saying to my wife and my children? You're not enough. I need to be on my machine because you're not enough for me to be around that I need something else. It's why. Mm. So that's the first question we have to ask ourselves is why. Why do we have to do this? And you will find if you interrogate it very carefully, you actually don't. Mm. You choose it and you choose it for for bad reasons.
0: Mm. Many years ago, um, I was at was in lectures, and and someone actually said that they had attended a conference um, about Netflix's competitors. So, who are Netflix's competitors? And just as a guess, who do you think Netflix's biggest competitor is? YouTube. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. because good point. You they mm-hmm. try and get you in, and good. we all need to sleep. Mm-hmm and And that, for me, was very profound, because, as you said, sleep hygiene earlier we have to sleep um it's so important, and a certain number of hours a night is so so, so important. we've almost successfully moved away, maybe not in in practice but in terms of our script um with work so before, if you worked eighteen, twenty hours a day, you were a hero, you know 100%. well done, and then we moved away from that to okay, well, it's far healthier to work X number of hours and to be mindful and to be in the moment and to be with families. But our cell phones are robbing us of that. And our cell phones do listen to us, even if Siri's off. We know that whatever we discuss will come up on our social media feeds. So I don't know what what is, you know, I'm not very technical when it comes to that, but we know that. Our cell phones listen to us all the time. So just from that perspective, maybe if people can be aware at how much of your attention the network companies are looking to try and grab to, to make a choice and to take that back?
1: Look, the, the truth is we choose what to buy and what not to buy when we go to the shop. Choose not. Mm. I mean, it's like the, it, it's the anti-Nike. Just don't do it. Just you don't know? do it. <laughs> As opposed to just do it. And I mean, if you, if, if you look at sort of the, the message that, uh, that parents are sending their children, you know they're saying you know you spend too much time on your phone and you this and you that and whatever, but they seldom reflect on themselves, mm. and that's sort of old old school. You know, do as I say mm. and not no, as I, I do. do, because ultimately what we have to do is we have to model how this should be, because if you are not happy with the amount of um, intrusion the phone has in your life, don't teach your children that's the way to be in the world.
0: Mm. Absolutely, Luke. We are moving into a very important three part series um, called Eye on the Child. This three part series covers what is consent, what constitutes consent, criminal capacity, the Child Protection Law, the Child Justice Act, the school system. How do our schools employ people? What criteria do they have to meet? Not only academic, but in terms of the Educators Act and SACE. What are the ethical considerations? And of course, grooming, something that all parents are very cognizant of. So, we're moving into our three part series. In terms of the podcasts that we have just done, we'd love to hear from you. So, please email us on engage at society superheroes.co.za or on our Facebook platform because we'd really, really like to hear from you and pick up on other topics that you'd like for us to cover. Because if we can be more mindful and provide listeners with a toolbox, then 2022 will be a good year.
1: Absolutely. And I just want to leave uh, parents with a short, ironically, I'm going to ask them to go on their phones, but it's for educational purposes. And look at the Still Face experiment. It's an experiment where a baby is with a mom and the mom starts by as they normally do the child coos and gurgles and the mom responds with cooing and gurgling and facial expressions etc and then what happens is the, the experimenter i don't know if you get away with this today but the experimenter says to the mom now just have a blank face and you see the child trying to get the parents attention and eventually that child within a couple of seconds think 30 40 seconds is hysterical trying to get their parents attention because of the still face now i have children telling me i have to tell my mother to look at me when i talk to her and get off her phone if you look at that still face experiment and that child's protest as an infant and you're wondering why your children your teenage children are protesting in their behavior with anger and withdrawal and depression look to yourself
0: Hold up the mirror and not the black mirror.
1: Exactly.
0: Cheers, Leek. Have a thanks. good one.
1: Have a lucky one, and thanks to everybody for listening. And we look forward to your feedback. And always interested in suggestions you have, and um, comments you have on what we think. We love the interaction and the challenging. And have a lovely
0: day further.